on the EDA. And in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to another investment property income podcast episode. My name is Jeff Eady, and joining me today is one of my good friends, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers, a guy who has helped countless investors get the financing they need to achieve their dreams, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today, sir? I'm phenomenal, Jeff. Whenever we're talking to you, and especially the way you intro me, I'm always phenomenal. <laughs> how about yourself? <laughs> if I was any better, it'd have to be two of me. Because uh, you know what? I got two of you guys today. I just have Jonathan. I have one of my other best friends, one of my longtime friends, um, everybody's favorite accountant, and now my favorite doctor, lawyer, I mean, realtor accountant, uh, Mr. Triff and Chitis. Triff, how are you today, sir? I'm great, Jeffrey. How are you? I am Jeffrey. Wow, I am pretty fantastic. Wow, you, I don't think you've ever called me Jeffrey. Am I about to get a talking to? <laughs> after, after the podcast. <laughs> Gentlemen, nice to have you on here. Thanks for joining me. Um, Triffy, today we want to talk, we, we figure we bring you in because you're also a, you're a realtor and an accountant and because Jonathan's a mortgage broker and well, I'm just, uh, I'm the pretty in this conversation. Uh <laughs> wanted to talk about um, the proper use of RRSPs and TFSAs uh, in, in when it comes to real estate investing, how you can use them, the best, the best strategies for taxation. And I guess we might as well start at, at the very beginning, Trip. You want to just kind of differentiate the RSP from the TFSA for people that may not be aware already? Okay, well, uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, TFSAs are stands for tax-free savings account. Um, you can invest as much as you like up to the limit that you have with the, the CRA. Um, and you could use that money for anything you want, uh, whether it's real estate investment, anything at all within your TFSA. I'm pretty sure it's anything at all. And uh, you can usually take your money out um, without much delay, possibly the next day after you request it. I, I'm, I'm not uh, well-versed in how the TFSA works through the bank that way, but um, so that you have to check with you. Okay. <laughs> Jeff? Yeah. You can, yeah. You can take it out anytime you want. Very good. Yeah. And, yeah. and as long as you don't go over your yearly contribution limit, that's the, that's the big thing. And right. my understanding Definitely. with TFSA is if you take the money out, you can put that same amount of money back in. Yes. That's true too. I, yeah. Yes. But it still counts. The money that went in originally still counts towards your yearly contribution limit. If I'm not mistaken. So you can put in a hundred bucks, take it out, put in another, that counts as 200 put in that year. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on that. I, I thought what Jonathan had said was correct is uh, if you put in 5,000 uh, in January and you take out 5,000 in November, um, you still got that 5,000 limit in that year and going forward. I could be wrong. One of us is wrong and I'm not willing to put money on myself. Okay. <laughs> now, um, that's that's something uh, the investor would have to, to verify with the bank. That's probably the best person or the best people to discuss and, and reference to. So um, now getting to RSPs, I'm not a huge advocate of RSPs. I don't know if a lot of people are, but what I do advocate with RSPs is if I've got a client that is looking, or whether he's a real estate client or an accounting client, um, that's talking about uh, maybe getting into the real estate market. 
I asked them if they've got money for a down payment, number one. Yeah, sure, we've got $60,000, $100,000 saved up, perfect. I asked them if they have money in an RSP. Some say no, surprisingly, some say yes. And then of course, then I get into saying, well, you know, the, the limit, uh, you can pull out uh, an interest-free, um, it, it's actually 15 years interest-free uh, alone with two uh, preceding taxes. So it's really a 17 year loan, interest free uh, from your RSPs. And I think it's up to 30,000 now or 32,000. I'm not. Uh, I, I think I think it's 35 was the last number 35, I checked. 35,000? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, so what I tell people is if you have money in RSPs, great, perfect. Um, you can keep your down payment on the side. You can pull out the maximum 35,000 each person that's going on title. Um, because you may as well get the benefit for it. Um, and, and you can use it towards your down payment above and beyond whatever else you have saved up. <laughs> well, the, the, just what you're saying there, the strategy I, I always like, especially when, especially at the beginning of the year, when you're sort of January, February, before you reach the, right before the, the contribution deadline mm -hmm. is someone, someone, okay, January, February, they want to buy a house. So what do you have? Oh, I've got $40,000 saved. Well, pop that into your RSP now get the tax refund. So come April, you'll have, I mean, if you put 40,000 in potentially getting another, another $15,000 back as a tax refund. So suddenly you can get about six, you can get, uh, well, 40,000 over, let's say 35,000, but, but they could potentially add 30%, 30, 40% on top of, uh, on top of their down payment based on their tax bracket. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into next, but thank you very much for touching on that. Uh, depends on the time of year they're looking. Absolutely. Uh, if it is, you know, December, January, February, perfect timing. So you double dip, right? You take I'm, down I'm going to interject for just a moment before we get, I'm sorry, okay. but I was, I was right. Just so you know. Fantastic. <laughs> You're not Jeffrey anymore. You are just Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> no, I, I, sorry. Just before we get too far ahead, it says, yes, uh, withdrawals, including qualifying transfers and specified distributions made from your TFSA in that year will only be added back to your TFSA contribution room at the beginning of the following year. So I was, uh, I wanted to clarify that because that is a, an important one. People get stung on that every now and then. So you get the room back, but it's not till the following year. That's correct. So you have a, an overall contribution limit that you, I, I think it's up in 76,000 or something like that now. But uh, in any given year, once you've hit that, you can only go above that so much. And if you do that, then if you pull out and then go back in at the uh, before the end of the year, then you can you can't use that room again that year. That was clear as mud. Sorry, continue. You guys keep talking. I'll sit back at the kids' table. I'll let the adults talk. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah. So definitely, Jonathan, if, if if someone's timing is you know November, December, January, February, they're looking to they're talking to you about looking at buying, and they don't have money in their RSPs. Absolutely, boom. I tell them. Take the money out of the, you know, out of the bank that you have uh, sitting aside as a down payment. Throw the maximum amount in. You're going to get the tax break, like you said. It could be up to thirty percent more or less, give or take. Um, and then you'll be able. It, it's got to stay in there for ninety days, though. Um, that's the only thing. So if if you're looking at buying tomorrow, and you wanted to put the money in, and you know, unless you're going to have a closing that's longer than ninety days, you might run into a problem. But yes. Uh, for the most part, um, best thing, best thing since sliced bread. And, and again, like I said, I'm not a huge advocate of RSPs because 
you know, I, I, I don't know, you might think badly of me the, the way I said, but really, unless you're making over 80, 90, $120,000 a year, and you have excess money to put somewhere, only then would I say, okay, you know what, sure, max out your RSPs. Because there's so many other investments from real estate to anything else that you can invest your money in other than RSPs. That's again, just my opinion, one person. Um, so well, what, what you said about that there, I agree completely. And that is, it really comes down to, because the, the problem people get into, as you say, they're, they're, they're making, when they're at a job making $60,000, their marginal tax rate is still not that high at $60,000. Exactly. So they, they, get, they get the tax break, which is maybe 20, 25%. And now at retirement, they're pulling it out when they're usually at the maximum tax rate. So essentially you're saving 25% to be paying 50, what, 52% later on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. My sentiments. <laughs> but really but yeah, it, uh, when, when, you're at, when you're at the maximum tax bracket today or close to it, that's where, that's where the, there are benefits or potential. You just have to look at it to find out what makes the most sense. Of course, exactly. Yeah. So what about uh, other types of investments? I know, Jonathan, you can use registered funds for mortgage investments, stuff like that. How does the taxation work on that? So, so, is it, so you're, you're, talk, you're talking about leaving the money within your RRSP, yep. uh, whether it's in your RSP or TFSA and actually investing that money. I mean, one strategy I've heard is, hey, if, if you're not quite sure what the stock market's going to be doing this year and, you just, and you're sitting on $300,000 and you have a $300,000 mortgage, you could set up it up and mortgage to yourself. Yes. Or mortgage for an investment property or invest into private mortgages or all these different strategies. So you could mortgage yourself. You want to explain that? Uh, so you would actually have to set up, uh, you'd have to set, I, I forget the terminology, but you've got to set up in a, uh, in some sort of self-directed account where you're allowed to ha- hold outside assets, but you could, uh, so mortgages are, are a, an investment class that are allowed within, within the registered funds. Yes. So you, you can, that, it, so I guess where I'm going with this is there's alternative ways to invest in real estate using your RRSPs and TFSAs. Yes. And do you want to talk about a couple of different ways? I know we're not allowed to really say, hey, this is the way to go. But, you know, there are different ways we can do it. REITs, uh, MIX, how they work. You, you want to talk about that just a little bit? We've talked about MIX on here. So real estate investment trusts. How's that work? How's a real estate investment trust work? Uh, so, I mean, you, you've got with keeping it within just, there are different, different assets that you can invest in just straight out that, that are publicly traded, meaning they're on, they're on the exchanges or traded through the, uh, through the, the TSX and other stock exchanges that are actual real, that where they, the whole asset is invested in real estate. So you could just, Hey, I want to invest in that. I want to buy shares in this particular, uh, particular entity. Yep. Uh, so you could do it that way. Uh, as far as getting into mix and so forth, that's where you, if you set up as a self-directed RRSP, you can then put it into alternative, an alper- alternative, I'll say non-publicly traded, just meaning they're not on the public exchanges assets. And that's, that's where it could be put into a, uh, invested into a mix, invested into private mortgages or mm-hmm. mortgage, mortgage to yourself if you, if you so choose. Well, I do know there's one publicly traded mech. That's uh, Atrium, I believe. 
Atrium publicly traded. So you could do it that way too. Yes. Yeah. It's just very interesting because most people think, you know, you put your RSP in the, the bank and then the bank invests in some sort of mutual fund and 30 years later, you hope you got a return. <laughs> but, uh, but there are alternatives out there such as publicly traded both real estate investment trusts and mortgage investment corporations. Uh, you can lend it out privately. You know, if you got a hundred grand in your uh, um, uh, RSP, you can lend that out to somebody, can't you? You definitely could. Yep, it's got to be in a self-directed account, but it could be done. Yeah, I definitely know people that do that. And Trip, is there? I know that these are basically both just savings accounts with tax strategies attached. Is there any taxation that that you have to worry about when you're doing self-directed investments? Uh, not not within a TFSA. No. The TFSA, I think, uh, Jonathan, you can correct me if you know any better than I do. Uh, I think you just got to deal with any legal fees uh, there are to set up uh, any sort of RSPs or any loans or whether you're doing your own RSP to yourself or lending one out. Otherwise, I mean, any of the income that's made is within the TFSA. I'm pretty sure it's considered tax, uh, tax-free, tax right? Yeah, that's, that's my understanding. And the one, just for, from a tax standpoint, this is something that I heard years ago, and that is some when when... You look at, I'll call it a diversified portfolio. They say you want to have some of your some of your stuff into interest bearing. That would be what we're talking about uh, if you're holding a mortgage. You want to have some stuff interest bearing, some things not. If you are sitting with, okay, you know what? You want to take 30% of your, your investment assets, put them into private mortgages. And let's just say that you had some of your money in RSP or TFSA and money that is not registered then a good strategy is take your money, which is interest bearing, invest in those assets that way, just because interest is at the highest tax bracket. You're paying, you're paying tax on every dollar there versus capital gains or dividends through, the, through other assets. Sounds like a, a, a good strategy, yeah. Well, that's interesting. So I guess if you're getting, if you're investing into, uh, if you're using RSP to invest into a, a mortgage investment corporation or a REIT, publicly traded or not, those are interest-bearing investments, right? They are, yes. So, so every dollar would be taxable at your marginal tax rate. Hmm. And then capital gains would only be how? How explain that strategy just a little more? How would you use that for capital gains? Sorry, which uh, which strategy? Well, using an not RSP to, or RSPs. A registered account. How how would you be able to? Is there a way to, to invest a registered account outside of your own mortgage that could be a capital gains uh, exemption as opposed to a, an interest-bearing account? Well, that, that's just um, if you buy yeah. shares, in, shares in a company. Okay. but So you could buy shares in a company that invests in real estate then? Uh, I'm not sure if there's a way to flat out buy real estate through your RSP. I don't believe that, I don't believe that one's available. You okay. could hold the mortgage, but I don't think you could, buy, you could buy the real estate. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to figure out what you were saying there, Jeff. But yeah. but it is, is, as far as what I'm talking about is the capital gains because only half of that's taxable. Yeah. You you make you make a hundred dollars with interest, a hundred dollars is taxable. You make a hundred dollars capital gains, only fifty dollars is taxable. So if you're holding your portfolio and you say. I've got some registered RSPs, TFSA, and I've got things that are not registered. And you're saying, well, 
my based on my risk tolerance, based on my portfolio, age, everything else, I want to have a certain percentage interest, a certain percentage in in non-interest, just things where I'm going for more growth long term. Right. Hold your growth things where you're going to be paying capital gains. Hold those non-registered, and hold the interest-bearing mm-hmm. registered okay. just yep. for tax efficiency. Okay. And just to your point earlier, Trish, yes, there are um, fees depending upon how you use that uh, self-directed account, um, right. depending if there's a mortgage administrator uh, involved or something like that, some sort of administration, those fees would apply. But yeah, I, I believe you don't get taxed until you take the money out of those accounts, right? TFSA, you don't get taxed at all. Yep, fair, because that would be a tax-free right. savings account. Uh- <laughs> That's that's kind of the idea, isn't it? You can make fun of me all you want, Triff. Yeah, I know you. I I know you're holding back. <laughs> We're supposed to be having fun here. So, gentlemen, uh, I think we've covered this inside and out. Has anybody got anything they want to add to that? No, Jonathan, you good? No, I think I think we've gone through it pretty well. Yeah, all right, it's been fun. Everything, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. I appreciate you guys for uh, for being on the show, Trip. I know you're a busy man, and Jonathan, I know you're. Uh, well, I know you're busy too. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. If you guys want to get a hold of Trip, you can get a hold of him at trif at chitas dot com. That's c h a i t a s dot c a. Sorry, dot c a. That's trip at chitis.ca, or uh, you can certainly shoot us an email over at ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. Again, for Jonathan, that's ipincome at a mortgageplan.com. Or, of course, you can download his, uh, the book that Jonathan and I co authored last year. It's absolutely free at investmentpropertyincomebook.com. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, all of the, the major players out there. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you. You guys are a wealth of knowledge, and I always feel like I'm, I'm just kind of hanging on your coattails when you guys get talking. So <laughs> thank you very much for that. And thank Thanks you for, for listening. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you later.